Dushko and Johnny were friends. Their friendship was founded on a shared appreciation of money, cars, parties, and women, in no particular order, and preferably all at the same time. Their relationship, based almost entirely on frivolity, would have a profound impact on world history. Dusan Dushko Popov and Johann Johnny Jebsen met in 1936 at the University of Freiburg in southern Germany. Popov, the son of a wealthy industrialist from Dubrovnik, was 25. Jebsen, the heir to a large shipping company, was two years older. Both were spoilt, charming, and feckless. Popov drove a BMW, Jebsen a supercharged Mercedes 540K convertible. This inseparable pair of international playboys roistered around Freiburg, behaving badly. Popov was a law student, while Jebsen was taking an economics degree, the better to manage the family firm. Neither did any studying at all. We both had some intellectual pretensions, wrote Popov, but we were addicted to sports cars and sporting girls, and had enough money to keep them both running. Popov had a round, open face, with hair brushed back from a high forehead. Opinion was divided on his looks. He smiles freely, showing all his teeth, and in repose his face is not unpleasant, though certainly not handsome, wrote one male contemporary. A well-flattened, typically Slav nose, complexion sallow, broad shoulders, athletic carriage— but rather podgy, white, and well-kept hands, which he waved in wild gesticulation. Women frequently found him irresistible, with his easy manners, loose, sensual mouth, and green eyes behind heavy lids. He had what were then known as bedroom eyes. Indeed, the bedroom was his main focus of interest. Popov was an unstoppable womanizer. Jebsen cut a rather different figure. He was slight and thin, with dark blonde hair, high cheekbones, and a turned-up nose. Where Popov was noisily gregarious, Jebsen was watchful. His coldness, aloofness, could be forbidding, yet everyone was under his spell, Popov wrote. He had much warmth, too, and his intelligence was reflected in his face, in the alertness of his steel-blue eyes. He spoke abruptly, in short phrases, hardly ever used an adjective, and was, above all, ironic. Jebsen walked with a limp, and hinted that this was an injury sustained in some wild escapade. In truth, it was caused by the pain of varicose veins, to which he was a secret martyr. He loved to spin a story to deliberately stir up situations to see what would happen. But he also liked to broker deals. When Popov was challenged to a sword duel over a girl, it was Jebsen, as his second, who quietly arranged a peaceful solution to Popov's relief, not thinking my looks would be improved by a bright red cicatrix. Jebsen's parents, both dead by the time he arrived in Freiburg, had been born in Denmark, but adopted German citizenship when the shipping firm of Jebsen and Jebsen moved to Hamburg. Jebsen was born in that city in 1917, but liked to joke that he was really Danish, 
his German citizenship being a flag of convenience for business purposes. Some of my love of my country has to do with so much of it actually belonging to me. A rich and rootless orphan, Jebsen had visited Britain as a teenager and returned a committed Anglophile. He affected English manners, spoke English in preference to German, and dressed, he thought, like a young Anthony Eden, conservatively elegant. Popoff remarked, He would no more go without an umbrella than without his trousers. Preoccupied as they were with having fun, the two student friends could not entirely ignore the menacing political changes taking place around them in the Germany of the 1930s. They made a point of teasing the pro-Nazi student intelligentsia. The mockery, however, had a metal strand to it.